Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Do you ever get a little down in life? Do you dream of that buff body but can't be bothered to actually do the work? Of course you do. We all hate ourselves a little bit. 30 minutes from now, you'll feel so comparatively intelligent, cultured and generally superior that you'll wonder why you ever worried at all. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Flats and Shanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our weekly podcast. You are what you eat. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a good podcast, wouldn't it? I wish we'd called it that from the start. What would you be? Uh, uh, Well, part of me thinks I'd look like a a Milky Way or a Milky Bar. That's true, yeah. But I'd probably be an oyster for obvious reasons. Or a ground-down rhino horn. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why? They both have a dizzy accent there. (laughs) Anyway, I am David Flatman. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Mm. And I'm Tom Shanklin. Hiya, Tom. All right, mate. Um, so we can't come from you from the Celtic Manor presidential suite this weekend. We've we've downgraded a bit. We're at a local, uh, more humble abode in Bath just outside. Yeah, we're at a little boutique hotel. We're not. Called, we're uh, we're Chateau, my house. Chateau Flatman. Yeah, it's not a hotel. It's a little It is house. a hotel, and it's above four star <laughs> because you have a gym and full-time ground staff <laughs> who, uh, who I, wa- I walked in through the through the gates gates there we are uh, through the car park uh, around the side of the hotel and there was um, three gardeners full-time um, cutting, the, cutting the grass with scissors and trimming the bushes with nail clippers because <laughs> um, your, your fingers are, aren't quite as nimble as theirs no are they? they're not no yeah. no um, it um, that's not true. I don't have a gym. I've got a squat rack in the garden, which uh, my wife hates and thinks it makes us look ridiculous, which it does. Um, in a travel lodge, that's a gym, mate. In a travel lodge, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we don't have ground staff. We, you've, they happen to have come. I mean, you happen to have turned up on the one day, in a, not even every month, probably every six weeks, that the gardeners come and oh, do a bit of edging of and a bit of tidying up because I'm not 
sufficiently diligent around the garden. So back Fle off, yeah. Not flexible enough around the garden. Also not flexible, the asthma gets me, the asthma gets me. So you, you might hear a bit of background noise, which is the gardeners using their, well actually my strimmer and blower, just just, just someone should use it really. I've yeah. got a kit, don't really use it. You might also hear a bit of background noise, which is um, hopefully the giggling of Michelle Blair, who is um, our very close friend and technically our agent, but pretty much my, I'd say my PA. What would you say, is your PA too? Mm, yeah, she is, basically, but I'm not, I'm not box office like you, am I? <laughs> I'm not wearing woolen Back tweed blazers and little <laughs> shoes with tassels on with no socks. I, I wear socks. Mustard coloured cords. I don't go socks. There's only one prop in, in England who goes sockless, and that's Paul Doran Jones. I'm not at those sartorial levels. But Michelle is here. She's very, very special to us. And she often laughs at our jokes because she thinks we're funny, even if you don't. So what are we talking about, Tommy? Well, we're going to touch on the... Premiership results, the Aviva Premiership. Great what a weekend. great! It was really good, wasn't really it? Good, yeah. um, some great games in the Pro Tour as well, which we're going to look at. We're going to look at the Chris Ashton yeah. um, ban controversy. It's actually quite hard to say Chris Ashton without shouting like James well, Bond. It's, it's not. It's, yeah, it's, it's not difficult for me. Um, it's difficult for you, Harry Krishna Ashton. Yeah, controversial. Everyone else has put their two pennies worth in. I have forty times already, but why not make it forty-one? And it's taken me five years, but we've managed to get hold of my best mate in rugby. Jamie Roberts, your best mate. Yes. Who this morning for the call we recorded wouldn't answer the phone to you, only answered we use my mobile. That's why I said we managed oh. to. You know, <laughs> we're in this together, mate. Doesn't yeah, matter yeah, who sorry, doesn't sorry. matter who calls him or who picks up to. Yeah, I mean it was a bit awkward. Picked but, up um, to us. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we talked to him, he's a good guy. I hope you enjoy that. And we'll field a few questions from you. You've had quite a lot this week. Um If you want to get in touch with us, go on Twitter at Flats and Shanks. You can go on our website, which is flatsandshanks.com. Or just email us, contact at Flats and Shanks. Very, very simple. So, Tommy, the Pro 12. Um, of the action I watched, I thought Johnny Sexton was fabulous for Leinster. Yes. I'd have said, not that we're on Lions Watch yet. We're not. But let's talk about it anyway. Yeah, we Six are. months ago, seven months ago, I'd have said Dan Bigger nailed on. Then I would have said maybe George Ford. Okay, it wasn't his best season, but he led England to some pretty... Well, yeah. He, he, sort of, he moved England to some pretty significant victories, controlled them well. Now I would say Johnny Sexton would be working towards the forefront in really really good form but for me the the player in that Leinster team is Josh van der Fleer he is something special isn't he he was good scored two tries as well and when you see his name you think oh, is he a South African import that's come over but no he's not he, isn't he no, no I thought he was no not according to Wikipedia oh right um, but, but you're still the worst cap centre of all time for Wales on Wikipedia aren't you yeah I am but I'm yeah. not <laughs> keep it though <laughs> um, keep it yeah, I'm also. Uh, I also created a coat of arms for Robin Hood in Ridley Scott's Robin Hood. Oh, a yeah. spice merchant, I've been. Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, importing well different done. spices from around the world. And my favourite is cumin. Uh, <laughs> something to do with um, the character Kevin from the Minions was okay. uh, yeah. created um, okay. on my look. So. Yeah, what a very mm. life you've had. What else yeah. did you see in the Pro 12? Um, we saw Scarlets win their first game against Connaught. Connaught still yet to win last weird, year's champion. It? Yeah, it's, the, it's like the Leicester City curse, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's weird. And it, it guts me a little bit because I enjoyed the Connaught story so much last they had, season. They had such a good season last season. It yeah. was always going to be tough to... Yeah, but it's not necessarily tough to do the double and win it again of back-to-back -back titles or whatever, but it's just 
maintain something like that level of it's performance not, you'd it's imagine. Not, but it, it came from a shock from Connaught to win it. So yeah. it was just one of those years where everything went from. But it's almost second season syndrome, isn't it? It's, it is um, a little bit. Everyone knows what's coming. How do you sustain it then, I guess? Liam Williams, who you picked out last week, yeah. scored two tries. Yeah. Class. Bang on form. Class. Um, will always feature with Wales. But yeah, Sexton was very good. Yeah. Um, I know you like him. I do like him. It's, it's his surname you like most, isn't it? <laughs> Grow up. You're 36. <laughs> You. He's got sex um, in his surname. I, oh, you. <laughs> I tell you, the, the the result that annoyed me a little bit was Treviso beating the Dragons. Yeah, now, you're you're quite... You've had, a, you've had a chirp on this podcast, and I've heard you before chirp about the fact that you want the Italian teams out because they haven't progressed, and then they beat the Dragons. So what say you now? I, yeah, I effectively do want them. I'd rather not them be in the Pro 12 or the Six Nations, I feel. Um, because they just don't offer enough week in week out they're always down the bottom they have the odd result where they they win and it just annoys me because all the teams in that league i think i believe are better than the italian teams but sometimes when you when you go to places in italy and you play treviso you play zebra you're drawn down to their level um they certainly don't have the quality that most the and all the other pro 12 teams do have yeah. so it sort of justifies them being in that league with are results you thinking like that, that the odd victory kind of pay victory like this papers over the cracks it does it does and I feel the same way about the Six Nations and I know Italy have, um, have featured in it for a long time now, I think since 2000 but mm. they always have that one sort of big result every um, couple of years every maybe. couple of years you know England I think is the only team they haven't beaten they've been Wales twice but do they offer year in year out enough competitive rugby I don't mm. think they do you've seen what it's done to Argentina when they've entered the rugby championship and yeah and how they've come on as a nation. I don't think Italy have really made I remember going to playing for Bath years ago and going, I think we went to play Ironi. Remember them? Ironi yep. in Europe? And they, it's a beer, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so, well, it turned <laughs> out, yeah. So they, they kind of took a couple of teams amalgamated or something like That's that. Peroni, sorry. And, sorry, well done. And um, no problem, Mr. Moretti. And uh, and we and it's kind of, we won, and we won reasonably comfortably, but there was a point where we thinking, we're not actually doing a job here, we're not actually managing this, and we should be winning this by 40 points. And it was bizarre how difficult it was to raise yourself for that game and perform. Yeah. And to be completely honest, and it is quite brutal, we approached that game before it, during and after it, as professionally as we could. But in my mind, it was just do not get injured here. Do not get injured because it isn't worth it. No. It isn't worth it. And I'm, I'm not convinced they've... I mean, that team's gone now, but I'm not convinced they've come on much since I, then. I don't either. want to be harsh. and but Too late for that, mate. But, but you want the best... You want to be playing the best teams. You want tough competition week in, week out. You don't want any easy games. You know... Both those teams have been drummed in the in the first few games. Yeah, um, Ospreys hammered them. So, so you're not happy with the Dragons, lads? That's what you're saying. Yeah, they they are far better than that result. Yeah, showed. come on, lads, dig in, eh? Um, now, something I loved from the Pro 12 was CJ Stander playing for Munster with a player mic. Yes, on. I love that, and I always think it's a risky business that because I'm sure they can edit it out afterwards, but you don't hear him swear. And nope. I, I wonder if he's a religious guy, and I don't know if he is or he isn't. I don't care if he is or isn't, but a lot often the more sort of spiritual religious guys don't swear mm. you know and that's a good thing um, you don't have to apologise for their language on the TV and all that maybe he was a kind of a safe bet but I love the way he communicated with people and he was you know at one point some one of his teammates about to catch the ball and he says I'm here mate if you want me to carry let me know you want me to carry yeah sure I'll carry just give it to me and just bangs it up flat out conversation on yeah, the middle could, of a pitch could be in a pub yeah because it's normally like a yes or no or left or right I'm here yeah. use me yeah he's usually screaming I mean I he just had so much breath. I remember being exhausted every time I played. I couldn't have talked to anybody really <laughs> constructively without my aspirin inhaler. Who would you who would you put one on? Um 
part of me wants to put one on Andy Powell when he was still playing because oh, yeah. I, ju- I just think some of the stuff coming out of his mouth would oh, be hilarious. absolutely incredible. Yeah. Use me, I'm fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's have it. Yeah. Come on then. Yeah. Um, he's the type of guy, he, well, he's not the type of guy, he was the guy that used to just warm up on the halfway line, bang on the halfway line and stretch and stuff. And I'd say, why are you doing that, mate? Because I just want to show how big I am. <laughs> <laughs> He was a big bloke, but I'd li- I would like to ha- have one on Gethin uh, Jenkins. Yeah, he wouldn't be, be much fun. Like, it wouldn't, it would, not that it'd be funny, but he, he's he, so good. He would, be, yeah, he would be aggressive. You see the way he controls the game and controls the defense from from prop. You're, you're choosing him because it would be impressive rather than hilarious. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm taking this very seriously. Yeah, gorgeous. Uh, and Change. yourself. Uh, I'd, I'd tend more to put it on someone angry. I guess a George Ford or an Owen Farrell would be interesting because they control in the game, but. I quite like the idea of a Richard Wigglesworth or a Mike Brown, just so I would have said Chris Ashton actually, uh, mm. top, but just someone who kind of plays angry. You might have to beep it out and show it only, you know, sort of play it after nine pm Watershed or something. But I quite like it on someone angry because CJ Stander is so good and so measured and kind of so relaxed. Yeah, that was. I mean, it was almost shocking how relaxed he was, and he's still so good. And you think, oh, maybe that's the secret. But I quite like the super intense guys. Like Richard Wigglesworth is just a lovely bloke off the field. On the field, he's properly angry and competitive. And the reason I said Gethin Jenkins as well is because no one really knows what goes on in the front row unless you're a front row. So I'd love to hear some of the slating and some of the chat. Do you know what, mate? It'll be like this. <laughs> Break. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> Break. <laughs> That's all there is. There is no chat. I don't care what anyone says. There is no banter in the front row. Really? Occasionally when they stand up, they'll yeah, say, keep it yeah. up, keep him up stop diving something he's get, get his shoulder out there is no it's too hard now there's no abuse um you know there used to be a little bit but yeah still not much it was more physical abuse than verbal to be honest more um you know fingers in places they shouldn't be around the sort of head face area gotcha than there is than there than there was chat but anyway we'll look at that that is that is um have a good look at that have a google because it's very interesting so we mentioned flats it was a great weekend for the aviva premiership mm. What games you at? Um, I went to Bristol Exeter because I don't get to go to games like you. I have to watch them on TV. Weirdo. Eh? Yeah. Um, I went to the Bristol Exeter game, and that was a really good game for about forty-five minutes. Exeter got the bonus point pretty easily, and then sort of drifted away a little bit. And Bristol improved their set piece, but ultimately it was a kind of, you know, it was huge improvement, definite improvement from Bristol. Still got forty points put on them, so it's pretty depressing. It's worrying times for them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, because we thought they were great, didn't we, against um, yeah. Harlequins? But we seem to be having the same conversation yeah. every week about them. Yeah, they they are battling. They're battling, and um, I don't know what you would change around there, but something. They were they're only playing Saracens this week, so they should be all right. Yeah, yeah, that's toughy. That's a real toughy. But I was at Tigers on Sunday. What for a game that Leicester was! Bath. Brilliant game. Loved it. Bath started really well actually after some early Leicester pressure, but. Leicester were just relentless, and they're back to they're back to the Leicester you kind of expect and hope to see at Welford Road. The atmosphere, I put it on Twitter actually. Not often for sort of ex pros like us does the atmosphere do much for us because once you've been out in the middle, sitting in the stands just can't ever really deliver no. that excitement. It's just we want to see it for the detail. You'd almost rather watch it on telly actually than sit in the stands because you see more. But um, the atmosphere was absolutely brilliant. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And Tigers were fantastic. And Mike Williams, they're six. Back back from injury, he is he is a machine. He's just he he's got to be he's got to be Eddie Jones EPS. Gotta yeah, he, he did play well. I thought Beetham mm. played very well. Really that's good. Like, that's the best game I think I've seen him play. Me too. Um, yeah. I know he plays sometimes thirteen. He sometimes plays twelve. But I think at thirteen he managed to get into those wide channels mm. really well. 
Um, Viano at 15, I think is a far better option than having Matthew Tate there. He was brilliant, wasn't he? Um, Matthew Tate actually in, in patches played really nicely. Yeah, he did. Great feet. Great feet. Brilliant Gets out of trouble player. a lot. Yeah. But in a Basque tactical kicking game in the first half was brilliant from yeah. Ford. Um, the chips, the grubbers. Died though, didn't it? It did. It did because you can't, come second half, you know, you can't score tries with kicks. Yeah. Give it, you know, an up and under, which he scored, which uh, Rocco de Guini scored a great try. But he is. Rocco de Guini was special, actually, I thought. As soon as you get ball in hand, though, yeah. Leicester were just shutting Bath straight down. Yeah. Um, they really were. They struggled a bit with Rocco de Guini at times because did you think he was as good as I thought he was? I thought he was very good. Just a look at him, though. Everything about him sort of yeah. spells out power. He's a built speed. for it, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. That, that try he scored, taking the ball out of the air over J.P. Peterson's head. Yeah. And the, and the pace to finish it off. Yeah. He's, he's, do you think he's going to be in the mix for England? Yeah, I'd be I'd be stunned he's overstating. No, it's not. I'd be stunned if he's not in EPS. I think, you know, for them, ultimately everybody thinks they're, you know, the winger who plays for their team should play kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a lot of Bath supporters, because I live in Bath, people are always saying to me, you know, Rocco, why isn't Rocco in the team? But you've got to drop Watson, who also played, or you've got to drop um, Jack Knoll. Yeah. And they're not easy guys to drop, because they've both been playing Marlon brilliantly. Marlon Yard there as well. Marlon Yard as well. There's, there's, loads, of, there's loads of good wingers around. Um, Perry Humphreys who's come onto the scene with Worcester looks yeah. really really good already um, scored another try at the weekend scored another try powerful guy um, a, a result that really shocked me a bit uh, respectfully was Gloucester losing at home to Newcastle yes. that's, a, that's a big win on the road for Newcastle and um, just when we think Gloucester have turned the tides you know, they, they've struggled the last quarter to close out games and you think mm. right, they won last week you know, yeah. are they going to continue this form and yeah, they man managed the game. Laidlaw and Burns managed the game really well at Sale last weekend. Yeah. We were in a difficult place. And again, they just went away. And it's just, there's worrying times is overstating it because they're always going to be all right. They've got too many players to re too many good players to really have to worry. But, you know, they're being brutal about it. They ain't spending anything like, Newcastle ain't spending anything like the money on players. No. And staff and, co and, re and facilities and all that that Gloucester are spending. There ain't no 400 grand a year players at Newcastle. So Gloucester should be winning those games. They should be winning those games reasonably comfortably. So there is some work to be done, on, I think, psychologically there. I'll tell you I met for the first time um, last Wednesday. It was at the Under Armour Golf Day. At the Celtic Manor was... Other sports brands are available. Yeah. They, just they just don't fit as well. Was uh, Ross Moriarty. Oh, yeah. Nice big, fellow. Big bloke. Yeah, he scored a great try at the weekend. He's, mate, he is... He is the best. He's Gloucester's best player by a mile at the moment. He's like one of these players that could play six or, or I suppose, 12. You know, powerful, yeah. dynamic, Runs pace. good lines. Aggressive, maniac actually. Loves to carry the ball as well. Yeah, good over. Like he's got pretty much the whole game plan. I, he has to start, I think, for for Wales. Do you reckon? Six. Yeah. So over Tipperick or Lydia, you'd have yep. him. I mean, I Tipperick would play seven, and Warburton would play. Yep. I, th six. I think he's Wales's best six at the moment. Yeah, that's sure. interesting. And another another player we just touched on Leicester, but Owen Williams. Yeah. Seems to get better and better. Really good. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's quite a few tens around at the moment because obviously Priestland's at Bath. Yeah. Wales, you've got Dan Bigger. You've got yeah. Sam Davis, you've got yeah. Patchell, but he sort of goes quietly about his business. No one really talks about him. But well, he, get, he, gets a, he gets the odd knock, doesn't he? He misses a few weeks here or there, which drops you off the radar a bit. But he was really good against Bath. And not that he's Welsh, but Freddie Burns came off the bench and was class. His tactical kicking was beautiful when he came off the bench. So Leicester look, Leicester look you know, from not performing brilliantly against Newcastle like last weekend to be all of a sudden in a really, really good place. Wasps continue their form as well. Yep. Digging in on the road to Saints. Yeah. Really impressive. Really, really impressive. Danny Cipriani's sort of chip or grubber and chase. Grubber and pick up from near his own line. Outrageous. Guy Thompson to even get there to be the link player. Outrageous. What a season he's having. 
and Jimmy Coppers wheels. Jimmy Coppers stayed away from George North on that yep, running. He did. He did. Quick um, George North found a bit of form yeah. now. Yeah. Yeah. Seems to be right back up there. Such just you want him in the game as much as possible, don't you? But then if you have him in the game too much, he's not on his wing to do his job. Yeah. So it, it's difficult. Um he's not I don't think he's a winger come centre. I think best place for him I know Wales try it sometimes in the centre but that's mostly down to injury yeah, yeah. but he is an in and out winger out and out as well no in and out in and out winger yeah, he, likes know, to go, he, he likes to go out yeah, yeah he cuts in and then goes out exactly well, um, but, he, but he's interesting because you know he hasn't scored many tries at Franklin's goal I think that was his first try this weekend for it's, a couple of seasons because we spoke to him on the first podcast we, I think. yeah we got him going we've, Motivated reinvigor- him. we've reinvigorated his career but I think that it's interesting because he, he would be if not the most heavily marked, one of the most heavily marked players in the Prem. So his presence will do more than just, you know, be a points machine and score tries and make yards and breaks. He will attract a lot of defenders. Yeah. You know, but you, you kind of want to bring him in the midfield because he's such a physical weapon. But but then you want, want him to leave finish him tries. Because he's such a good finisher. Yeah, you know? he is. Um, what I liked about Wasps though was we always expect Wasps to play like a real wide attacking game, a bit like Australia, but it was more of a roll your sleeves up get dirty big yeah. hits yeah. Um, and if there's one thing I thought at the start of this season whether it be Lacken would be just a big bruiser in the midfield someone who's yeah. just going to truck it up like Chris Bell they had before yeah, yeah exactly like that but they didn't seem to struggle at all no um, and I think a lot of that's to do with the 12s they've got so Goppeth and Kyle Eastman they're not big but they're physical got, yeah but yeah. Goppeth's looking fairly solid he you is, know, yeah. he's, he's not like a lightweight no. 10 or, he's or got, 12 he's a quite a big, big little he's unit. compact isn't he yeah, yeah. and Kyle's smaller therefore more compact when he comes off the bench he will occasionally get bounced off because mm. he's small but he hits hard he makes a lot of aggressive tackles and the reason he gets bounced off is because he doesn't grab he doesn't grab onto a jersey and hit the floor and try and slow people down he tries to collide you know he's a he's a hard little bloke so they're in good nick I think we talked about wingers as well um, what a try by Bassett yeah oh it's lovely for, if, if you watch a wide angle from where he comes from he's just floating around on his wing he just trying to get himself involved in the game he sees yeah. the break the kick goes through get him in the England team no other wingers about yeah none, none at all no, congratulations Northampton though I don't think they can be too disappointed I think they really showed up well I think a lot of opportunities they had which they yeah, didn't take at all um, they, but, that, that, but the thing is that happens doesn't it yeah it does you know you know, it's easy to like dissect their game after but there were plenty of 3v2s there's plenty yeah. of space out there which they just couldn't quite get the ball another positive thing though for Northampton is everything Nearly everything in attack came through Malander. Yeah. Yeah. He's some player, isn't he? Looking really good. He's about six no. foot five, you know. Not that that's important, but he's a huge guy. Yeah, boy. You see him, huge guy. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's and I, I like him at, I like him away from 10. I mean, I'm sure he, like Henry Slade, he might end up being a really good 10. Yeah. But I still think, you know, if you're the coach of that team, you put Steven Myler at 10 because he runs that show nicely. Mm. He knows when to just dish the ball out to someone with a bit more speed or a Malinder or whatever and he knows when to same as Exeter isn't it with Stenson just the same and Stenson no Stenson we call him Stenson Henrik Henrik Henrik, Gareth Stenson yes Um, Um, same thing same thing so if you're coaching that team you'd probably pick the. well they're a safer bet they're better for the team I reckon you're going to win more games with a guy like Myler at 10 Quinn Saracens amazing didn't see that one coming inspired Um, standout player was your best mate Jamie Roberts his Mm. defence ever since he came to Quinn's I mean I knew and watched him a load like everyone has but I until you watch him live repeatedly his defence you don't quite get an image, a picture of how good he is in defence not just how good how committed and physical he is he's, he's near enough seven and a half stone I reckon yeah, and he hits like it and he hits like it he, he, you know someone like 
me, for instance, would have to really go hard at someone to knock them down. He can just flop on them and make, yeah. a, ma- make a massive hit because he is just so big and powerful. Yeah. And he properly launches his body around and he's, you know, I, not I, that, I don't care what they're paying him, but whatever they're paying him, he's giving them value. I always think know? it's down to what he listens to pre-match because I remember we're playing for Wales and we're playing New Zealand yeah. and in the change room before game, like Gethin Jenkins always used to put on like some deep house some dance he loves some that, R&B yeah. yeah and Jamie listened to his earphones and I could hear something and it wasn't like a fast beat it wasn't loud and just pulled one out put it in my ear and it was Vanessa Carlton a thousand <laughs> miles you know the song, you know the song from, for real you know the song from White Chicks yeah and I said mate what are you doing he's like oh, I'm just chilling out there I'm just chilling out anyway we went out to lose that game uh, oh thanks Jamie yeah which the I All Blacks put, ain't I, I, put, I put down to him the All Blacks ain't listening to that 63 mate. years we hadn't beaten New Zealand um, thanks Jamie yeah I, I, I remember being on the bus you were there we were playing um, we were playing for Saracens late 90s or whatever it was against Leicester on the way to Welford Road and everyone was a bit nervous and all that and Kieran Bracken was sitting there with his headphones in and someone asked him a question from the front of the bus so he took his headphones out to answer them and put them on the table I picked, I picked one up and he was listening to uh, Enrique Iglesias so I could be your hero <laughs> <laughs> I said mate what are you doing I was like 18 years old what are you playing at? He's like, well, get off, get off, get off. He was genuinely embarrassed about it. He's probably thinking that's actually him, the hero. <laughs> yeah. I could be um, your hero, hero mum. But Quince uh, started off really well with Visser intercept Yeah, really nice. If um, Lazowski holds on to that ball, though, it's potentially a try. Oh, yeah, yeah. For, it's a big gamble. For it's gamble a huge, for huge gamble. But, but their second try was less opportunistic. It was class. That pass from Tim Sweel is just beautiful mm. hand, really ambitious pass. I thought Quince were great. They were a good yeah. value for that win. And... Um, Marrow's lost his first game in whatever seventy-six years. Yeah, I don't think Saracens be too disappointed. They'll take whatever positives they can. Yeah, get over under it. the carpet. Mate, they got sixty put on them by Wasp last season, and they did all right in the end, didn't they? So I think they'll be just fine. But Quins were great. I mean, hope for their point of view, they've turned a bit of a corner there because it wasn't a great, wasn't the greatest first couple of weeks, but they look really good, really good this weekend. Um, so we haven't talked about Chris Ashton yet. Are you no. happy with thirteen weeks? I've seen it. I should hope so. Are you happy with thirteen weeks? What I haven't seen is the bite on Rick Waller's arm. Alex Waller. That's the one. I knew it was a Waller. Whatever, Waller happened, Waller whatever happened to him? I don't miss him. Anyway. Well, he was great on Pop Idol. He was, yeah. Um, Are you happy? I think, it's, I think it's about right. Okay. Um, I would like to have seen the injury and how bad it was to see, Yeah. you know, what was a chunk taken out? Was it just a little tooth mark on there? Um, but... 13 weeks seems it's pleasing right. well it's not pleasing but it's it seems right yeah I thought he I thought he's got off alright sufficiently lightly that I'm not surprised they're not challenging it or appealing it actually but do I you think that's say, down to the fact they well they know each other well or um, maybe maybe that mitigated it a bit um, I think it's the sort of thing that when it's this high profile mm. you know you, you need to you need to be fair to the player, but you also need to make an example of him or her because everyone's watching. And it's um, not his first time he's been in trouble, Ash. No, it's not. It? But I just I feel I feel like someone needs to sort of help him with his red miss because I've said this a hundred times and it's you know it, an it's kind of irrelevant. But he's such a nice bloke. But he gets on that field and you know he just seems to lose the plot a little bit sometimes. You know, what are you going to do though if someone if I if I if I come over this table now at you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And I put my forearm in your mouth. I'll bite your nose off. Sorry, it just <laughs> came out. It just came out. Um, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like, Rick Waller had... goes his, in my um, mouth and it, it's, it's just what, food. Alex Waller. 
Yeah, I know. Alex Wallet, all right. I know. I think it's difficult. And, you know, I had an incident with a younger player where we don't have to go into details and be retrospectively prosecuted, but I had an incident where a prop I was playing against, a particularly aggressive guy, was fish hooking me in the mouth and he ripped all the inside of my gum and ended up with infection on my gum and that sort of stuff because his fingernails... And that's where the um, halitosis comes from. That's where it, it comes yeah. from. That's where it comes infection. from. And, you know, it was it was a long time ago, so it's a different world then, really. But yeah. I remember saying to the ref, and there probably wouldn't happening. have been the cameras around. Yeah, and I said, if you, if you don't sort this out, I'm going to sort it out. And I am going to go mental. I'm going to go absolutely mad on this guy. <laughs> you wait for it. And I didn't go mad on him, but I, you know, I took, I in the end, took a physical objection to him trying to rip the inside of my mouth apart. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You know, I had stitches in my gum and all sort after the game, so that's slightly different, but it cannot be allowed you cannot be allowed to bite so I guess it is what it is long enough so believe it or not Davey we've had some questions mm, okay um, shoot this is from Nick Matthews at Nicky Flyer I'd love to meet you one day Flats you seem one heck of a nice fa- fella fella hashtag banter <laughs> is he from Texas <laughs> one heck of a nice fella he's, he's from, from Fla- he's from Flantrisson was that a deep south? I've never, ever heard him speak like that at all. <laughs> um, you, mate, actually. So we, we've had a question here from Phil Deschamps. Oh, yeah. Phil Deschamps, yeah. Um, yeah. Flats, who is the hardest hooker you've ever come across and why? And I think that's rugby related. Got it. <laughs> I know. All right, mate. Um, or, or actually, we can make it whatever. Whatever story is funnier. Okay, fine. Uh, hardest hooker I'll stick to um, what was her name Garen Jenkins oh, right. playing against Garen Jenkins I think he played for Swansea didn't he I can't remember, but, uh, yeah he did He did. and uh, we played like a pre-season game or it might be a European game whatever and hearing this screaming coming from their changing room and it was proper like screaming like, like someone, a, someone was getting hurt right yeah okay and the kit man walked out and I knew the kit man from England schools days Wales schools days I was like alright mate what's going on there he said oh that's Garen and he goes, go and have a look. There's no one else in there. So I walked around the away changing rooms at Watford, at Vicarage Road. And he was in the shower 
and he had like I think I seem to remember having socks on, but not his match socks, and a pair of underpants. Nothing else. He's in the shower, and he's taken it from boiling hot to freezing cold. He's like, ah, 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 warming up for this game. We're like, oh my god, absolute nut job, absolute nut job. And then another Welsh hooker, Robbie McBride, playing against Wales A at the Rec. He was our hooker was Mark Regan, who's you know just gobby beyond belief. And McBride not gobby at all. No. And um, he won like the hardest. He won like the strongest man in Wales. Or something yeah, like that. yeah. So Ronnie, Ronnie sort of gobbed off a bit, and Robin McBride just straight in with the uppercuts, no messing around, you know. And um, there's a bit of a scuffle. And remember, Robin McBride said to him, "We're going back, going coming up, going down for a scrum." And uh, he said, "I'll see you after. I'll see you after." To Ronnie, I remember, I remember looking at Ronnie, and Ronnie's like, "What's he want? Fight or a snog?" <laughs> 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 brilliant absolutely brilliant just go back to Swansea obviously uh, Gary Jenkins played there yeah. um, John Thomas oh yeah yeah what'd you uh, call me oh sorry yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's played for the Ospreys Worcester he's now coaching Bristol coach, yeah. Bristol coach. Um, he's turned about his first ever game for, for Swansea and he said he's a little bit nervous and he said he had a bit of a, a dodgy quad um, he'd like tweaked it in training and stuff and you know we're like in a, in a change room there's obviously some people going mad like Gary Jenkins would be going mad um, and he was just sort of wandering around not knowing what to do and thought he'd do a, a couple of jumps just to test his quad he jumps up under a door frame <laughs> <laughs> cuts his head misses the start of a game because you've got to have stitches and then goes on about 10-15 minutes later because <laughs> he's got a slight concussion were you were you you were at Sarri's with me when Rob Thelby was there <laughs> yeah. Rob Thelby yeah yeah and he was we were doing this muck we were on the bench against Richmond that's how long ago it was so we weren't playing you might have been playing on the bench whatever and I was on the bench, so was Thurls, and we were passing the ball to each other. And I was trying to do like reverse passes like Kieran Bracken used to do, and I couldn't do them because I had no skill. And it was obvious that I couldn't do them, and I was mucking around. And Rob Thelby, because he was like, you're doing it wrong, you're doing it wrong. Where are your hands? Look at what your hands are. You haven't got a clue. And I was like, I'm going to nail that prick. <laughs> so anyway, he's playing this ball. He's just chucking the ball really high in the air or kicking at the air. And yeah. he's a good bloke, by the way, but you know, I wanted to nail him anyway. And he was bought, like taking, practicing taking high balls. So I thought, I'll just chuck a ball towards his gentleman's area from about 15 yards away so quite a long distance for me 15-20 yards so I right, as he went up I rifled the ball at him he came back down it smashed him in the nose claret everywhere couldn't play couldn't no play I like, ruled him out of the game he was in bits mate on the floor knees went the lot do you remember um, John Rudd Ruddy yeah, yeah. I do, yeah. he used yeah. to play winger he was like yeah. an ex-sprinter big and, unit um, yeah. I think it was, was it Alan Zonder was yeah. coaching uh, yeah. Saracen at the time Alan Zonder yeah so John yeah. Rudd he wasn't the great he was an ex-athlete more than anything so yeah. Catching and passing didn't come naturally to him. And one day after training, do you remember we were all watching him? And I, can't, I think it might have been Thomas Castaner was putting high balls up on him. Yeah. And he could, he just could not take one in front of everyone. He kept dropping them all the time, and we were all going, Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> he kept, so smashing his confidence. Like, yeah, pretty pretty key for a winger to be able to do. <laughs> but there we are. Uh-huh. Um, there we right, are. some more questions. So they were kind of anecdotes about life, and then you just basically mock someone for not being very good. Who have you become, mate? Huh? Who, who have you become? Poor old Ruddy. I quite like Ruddy. Um, here's a question for you now, Shanks. Sorry. Angus McIntosh sent this. Yep. How have we got to the stage when retrieving a high ball whereby whoever jumps the highest gets the other player penalised? Are we there now? You see, Dave, I was leading you into this question. Oh, well, oh, well done. Yes. Well done. Brilliant link. Um, Seamless. We, we talked about this before, didn't we? We said it, you know, it's the new... Well, it was last year's real big issue yeah. um, about players falling safely on the floor I don't think it's whoever jumps the highest I think if, if two genuine contests are in the air both players are off the ground both are looking at the ball then you know whichever way you land is 
it's just part and parcel of the game. I think the issue comes when players aren't looking at what the uh, opposition players doing. So a classic example um, would be Ian Witten for Chiefs, Brist- uh, for Chiefs against yeah. Bristol. Looking at the ball, but does not go off the ground. Yeah, um, I can't remember who catches the ball. Uh, might might have been Jordan Williams, a fullback. I think might have, yeah, might have been. But anyway, he he falls down, lands on his back. He's yeah. actually he's all right. He gets back up, but you have to go off the ground. You have to be aware of what's around you. You have to have a duty of care for you know whoever you're jumping against. You have two people go up in the air, both going for the ball. They land awkwardly. And if you nothing wrong with if that. you stay on the ground under a high ball, you better be in a lot of space and be confident that no one around you is going to be in the air. That's that's the thing. You have to be aware of people around you. You you can tell when someone's charging yeah. down on you, so you know you need to go off the ground. Yeah. Um, gone are the days now where you can just keep an eye on the ball, stay on the ground, and expect to get away with it. If someone jumps in the air and they land awkwardly, yeah, then you're going to be yellow or red carded. Right. Question from Jason Monday: What more has Danny Cipriani got to do to get in the England squad? It's a good question, that isn't it? He's, it is he's playing very well at the moment. Unfortunately, though, um, he's against a partnership that just is working at the moment. I don't know if you can hear, but there's a. Do you get police around here? Do you? That won't be police around here, mate. That'll be um... someone stolen a push bike from the village. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. I don't know. Someone's stolen some whiskers off the village cat or something. It's a um... chicken. A chicken's gone missing from Dairy Farm. Quick. Yeah, escaped cow. Everyone panic. There is. There has never been a crime here. So. Um... Cipriani, what's he got to do? I can't see what else he can do, really. I think he has to wait for an injury. Yeah, keep doing it. You know, with Farrell and Ford, that partnership works. I think that'll be the partnership going into the autumn campaign and, you know, probably the Six Nations. I think, you know, know, it's like you're waiting in the wings. It's like a young player who hasn't been capped. You're just waiting, buying your time, buying your time. An injury will occur and then you've got a chance then. And you've you've got to do what you can do to keep that jersey. Yeah. Mate, we'll go with one last question now. It's from at Allied Hire BCT. Brett Thompson. I know Brett. Do you? Yeah. Brett I... lent me a digger actually and a dumper. Yeah, good boy. For what? Good boy. Well, I had some stuff to do in the garden and um, I actually... Burying, I... burying bodies again, burying were you? Body, yeah. <laughs> uh, protein's protein. I actually ruined it and had to get someone else to fix the work I'd done. So there you are. All Still right. lent me a digger. Anyway, he wants to know how long before the prodigal son, Leroy Houston, is offered a long-term contract? Yeah, down at Bath. Um, I, I, they'd have it. They'd give him a long term, long-term contract tomorrow, I would have thought. Easy for me to say. Um, but he's, I think he might be contracted to the Queens and the Reds, so he might have to go back at the end of the season, right. complete another season there, at which point he might come back. So I know he loves Bath and they love him. And but then you've also got Dave Denton and Toby Fallatel both fit. Yeah, they will. Yeah. They will, and there'll be decisions to make. But I think that Leroy is a player who has... I don't think he's ever had a bad game for Bath. He's that consistent. But um, he's also a massive favourite, and the players love him, the coaches love him, the fans seem to love him. So I expect that... As, I expect there's a long-term contract waiting for him as soon as he can sign it. Now, some people in life just seem to have it all. The fame, the fortune, the brains, the success, the looks, the physique. Um, And it's quite difficult not to resent them for that. Disgusting. Um, Anyway, here is our chat with Jamie Roberts. Hello, Jamie. How are you? How are you doing, mate? Good to speak to you, man. Good man, good man. Um, bit of a slow start for Harlequins this season, but you somehow managed to turn it around on the weekend, and, and what a result against Saracens. Yeah, like an awesome result, I think. We started the season, we had Bristol first up at Twickenham, and um, we almost blew up when uh, Bristol obviously fresh into the Premiership and, and shocked everything out. So we were quite lucky to win that game. Um 
Then obviously he went up to Sale and Exeter and lost both those. So the pressure mm. was on this weekend uh, to win at home, our first home game at the Stoop, and the boys, boys really fronted up. You know, it wasn't a pretty game at all. It never really is when he plays Sale. He just has to front up and uh, limit their opportunities, and, and his defence is really important, which, you know, our defence was fantastic Saturday. So it was a great win. Uh, Jamie, I, what I want to know about that victory against Saris in particular is, is it was it just a case of everything you talked about just came together and it was kind of it'll be all right in the night and it was, or was there a special kind of meeting you had or a special chat or were you extra motivated for this because you did actually objectively look like a different side on Saturday against Saris than you have done for the first three rounds. So was that a conscious shift or did it just click? Bit of both. I think we're, we're we're a far more difficult team to beat when we're a bit more pragmatic with the ball. And like you know, we're Quinns have um, classically been a team. I came here last year. We played in sevens a lot of the time. Mm. Love to play from deep. Love to play from halfway. And when you're up against good defences, you can't do that more often than not. The more risky game plan you play, um, it just you know it's be suicide. So we spoke about salaries, how you know how solid they are in D and just limiting their. And turnover opportunities, uh, set piece opportunities, and, and just coming off the line and do you know you can't let them play um, with the with the players they've got and the and the muscle they've got up front. You can't let them get on the front foot because they cause all sorts of problems. So you know the pack current standing, our set piece was 100 percent better than it has been over the first few weeks. And just yeah, just really exciting. Really, it was a good buzz about the lads after the game, and hopefully it needs to be a platform now moving forward. We've got Wasps away next week, so another big challenge. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you seem to adopt adopted that uh, Will Griggs on Fire song, haven't you, for celebrating after matches? Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not sure who posted that. Right. Yeah, I couldn't see you singing. Um, but anyway, it must have been quite difficult as well at the start of the game. Marla takes a massive knock, doesn't he, and uh, and goes off the pitch. But then Tim Visser scoring an intercept try um, it just shows you your line speed come off the line against Quinns against uh, uh, Saracens. I mean, seven points with intercept tries is a dream start, isn't it? Yeah, it is a dream start. And uh, like the big thing about that, I think, is coming off the line when teams are playing for the middle of the park as well, because it's you know it's very easy when you um, you know teams like to get to the middle of the field. And yeah. They'll play both sides and hope that you hope that you push in defence and they can eat up easily 10, 20 metres around the fringes. And when, when your wingers defend flat, um, it's tough to play around them. And, and you know, this is an experienced player and he picked it off really nicely. And, you know, we were 17 year left um, going, in, going into half-time, which was, you know, we weren't expecting, but it, it can happen pretty quickly. And, you know, we defended our lead while second half. Are you uh, defensively there, Jamie? Are you talking about it's, it's much easier to fly up and get up and up and at the, you know, sort of blitz defence almost when you're defending a wide breakdown. But what you're talking about is having the fitness and I guess the defensive courage to get off the line really, really quick, even in a midfield breakdown where the, the opposition effectively have double the options. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you, you usually one or two numbers down as well, mm-hmm. um, you know, because of players in the work and how many players are in the backfield as well. And, it's uh, it's risky, um, and it's certainly you know having played with Shanks and Wales, it's something some Wales do um, quite religiously. Really, it's, it's being able to blitz both sides of the um, breakdown when the when the breakdown is in the middle of the path. But it's uh, as I said, it's, you know you then give opportunities to teams to kick, you know to put the ball through, and it, and it can be quite risky. But you know if you do it and do it well, and teams try to play wide against it, you can turn defence into attack really, and you know hopefully get some good turn of the ball as well. Not many people know this, Jane, but obviously you started off as a 15 or a winger. 
um, in, in your career for, for Cardiff Blues. I'm and, very happy. A greyhound at the back. <laughs> Wales. I mean, what was the conversation you had with Gatland um, to bring you into the centre? Because obviously that accelerated, I think, your career and decelerated mine. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not bitter about this. He, no, didn't, he didn't want to call you, put it that way. Not bothered at all. Yeah, no, 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 forget me. It was on that tour in South Africa, and um, we played. We played the first test, I think, on the high belt, wasn't it? It, yeah. was, it was in Bloemfontein the first test, and we we lost by you know about 30, 40 points. The narrow one. The, no, the, the narrow one. That was the one I scored, mate. I scored. Rob <laughs> yeah. Harvey gave me a telling off for celebrating. Yeah, I was joking. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, carry on, carry on. But then, yeah, during that week, during that week. Um, before the second test in in Loftus, I always remember Sean Edwards sat me down on like a Tuesday in front of the video analysis computers. Um, I was like, oh, uh, Jamie, have you played 12? And I was like, right, yeah, I played like under 15 so kind of schools like back in the day, but since then I've played on the wing and at fullback. And he's like, oh, we're thinking of putting you at 12 again. And it was against the world champs at Loftus. And uh, I was just like, oh my God, you know, this is just crazy like crazy stuff but I loved it I loved it you know from training then um, pleasure to you mate didn't I pleasure to you on, in Loftus yeah, second test. I mean, that's the game where Shane scored that ridiculous try. It's yeah. a great, it's a great move for you and for Wales. It, I mean, it was really unfortunate and a little bit awkward that it signalled sort of the beginning of the end for Shanks. But um, um, that try you scored, do you remember that Shanks? Was it half decent? Yeah, it was. Um, it was the first test, wasn't it? You were fifteen, um, and I can't remember. I think it might have been Sonny Parker might have put you into the corner and you did this massive dive, obviously because it's your first ever try for Wales and you're pretty excited. But I always remember in the debrief the day after and Rob Howley picked you out and said, you know, mate, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing a big dive like that? You know, we're, we're 20 points down. And he pointed, <laughs> over, he pointed over at me and said, only that man there. He's the only one that's allowed to dive like that. And I thought, oh, thanks, Rob. But it was actually Shane Williams sat behind me. <laughs> But I suppose no, now you're allowed to. No, I wouldn't dive like that now. It was a shocking dive anyway. I got my ankles all wrong. Um, I want to I ask you something, sort of bouncing back to the domestic rugby uh, piece. Um, there's kind of a lazy assumption from people like me, sort of premiership players and ex-premiership players, that you guys in the Pro 12, and I'm aware you've come to England via France, but you guys in the Pro 12, you kind of the bigger international players, just don't have to play that much and you can rest up and you can be a bit more selfish with your preparation and there's not this relentless week in week out fight that we have in the premiership and we all feel a bit superior about that but as a as an established premiership player now do you feel like the workload is huge and is kind of shocking to you physically or were we always wrong about all this and it's completely normal to you it's a good question mate and I, thank you i think uh, thank you. Um, I think the, uh, the league this year in the Premiership is probably the most competitive league um, that I've played in, and that includes the Pro 12 and, and France. There is no, t- I think, any team can beat any team on a day, um, and, and you know that's no exaggeration. Like, you know, when you're playing in the Pro 12, the Italian sides, I don't think have, have punched their weight at all. Certainly mm. um, over the last few seasons, and I think as squads, you knew you could rotate your players against the Italian side so that, you know, you'd always have um, a few of the international lads resting when you come across Zebra, Treviso at home, yeah. those sorts of sides. And, and for the lads, you know, who are playing week in, week out, um, those weeks, 
he kind of knew beforehand, Shanks, so that you, you probably wouldn't play your zebra at home because he'd retake the squad. Yeah. You'd expect your, your squad players to play in that squad and, and still win. Oh, no, I had, I had to play um, in those games because you. <laughs> <laughs> Shaq, they made him captain, though, to make soft on the blow, you know? Chuck you on, they chuck you on the wing, mate. Um, and then, yeah, was in, in, in the Prem, like, I mean, yeah, we've gone... We, the last four weeks, we played up at Sale, playing Exeter away, playing... See Saris at home, we're going up to Wasp next weekend, then we've got Northampton at home. Um, and they're all extremely tough games. And unless you've got your best players on the park, um, you're not going to win those games. Mm. So, you know, the coach, you have to put your strongest team on more or less week in, week out. And that, more often than not, includes your international players. So, yeah, there's a, there's a pressure there. And, but then the other side of the argument is that come international time, you, you're battle hardened and you're, and you're ready for it, you're up to the pace. And near enough as possible for Test rugby, and anybody is used to it, and you're more prepared for it. Yeah, how, how worried are you now about international rugby, mate? Because obviously, Gatlin's law has come in. There's three wild card picks. Um, you know, I would assume it'd be yourself, George, and Toby. Is that something you now really have to start considering come next contract signing? Yeah, I, th- I think it is. Um, I'm. Yeah, obviously they, they can pick three this year and, and they've released the seven players who are um, available for that. So I suppose there's more pressure now than ever to, to keep the performances high and, and make sure you're in selectors' minds and to get picked for, for the, you know, the autumn season and the Six Nations. So that's important. I know next year there's, there's four wildcard picks and then it goes down to two. So yeah. and I've got another year at Quinn's next year and then and it's a big decision really. I'll be 31 then, probably... Hopefully not my last contract, but it might be yeah, with age. So yeah, I thought you were yeah, older. Yeah. Are you only thirty-one? Amazing. What? Are you only thirty-one? No, Amazing. I'm thirty-nine. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, mate. Um, I want to know. I want to take you back to sort of the early days when um, you're sort of there or thereabouts uh, with Cardiff, there or thereabouts with Wales. You're playing a bit of wing and fullback. You move to centre. I just want to know who, you know, because every young player needs a role model. Who, who did you look up to? Um, of course, Di Young was involved, was a, but he was tight head props. Yeah, I mean. Di Young was my coach. Yeah, he was. Um, uh, there's a few people. There's Jamie Robinson, um, who was you know a great thirteen, kind of had the pace, you know, hands, silky running skills. Yeah, good um, player. Lola, yeah, yeah. As well, good player. Got to play quite a bit alongside him. Um, I learned a hell of a lot from him actually. Who would it be, sort of, you um, know, I suppose internationally as well, though, because those two are both club players. You know, anyone, anyone that sort of played near with you at club and then close to you at international level that you really looked up to as kind of a mentor slash hero? Um, you know, Maybe a little bit older. Maybe just thinking. a little bit older than you. No, no one's coming to mind, are they, Jamie? Yeah, uh, Gav. I think Gav Henson. Yeah, Gav, that's it. Gav Henson. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. Um, now, I've I've heard on the grapevine um, from my mate Tom um, tells me that you've had your wheels nicked on your car three times while living in Wandsworth. Is that true? Your C-class. Twice. Twice. I moved to Wandsworth. It was a proper welcome to London, mate. Probably not my finest hour. I moved to... <laughs> I moved to a flat in Wandsworth and I... Um, joined one of those new um, CLS mercs, which are quite low-lying low, low, uh, low lying to the ground. Yeah, they were quite low on the road. Yeah. And I, I woke up uh, about two weeks after having it and the car was on a brick the passenger wheel's gone. Um, <laughs> it was on one brick, like they literally put one brick on its end and took the wheels off it. I got them on um, insurance 
and then five weeks later they did exactly the same again. Yeah. So I've now got I've now got five locking wheel nuts on every wheel. So I mean, it's just, is, firstly, mate, you know, um, I'm completely neutral, but get a Land Rover because they people obviously respect you so much more. Um, but I think it it's unusual that someone you know. I imagine you left Wales to escape crime, didn't you? And you come to London. It's unbelievable. You wouldn't imagine it, would you? <laughs> Mate, well, the ironic thing is, you, your car probably would have been safer in Canton than it is in Wandsworth. Where's Canton? Where you, he's where you used to live. Is that the posh bit? Yeah. Is it posh, Jamie? Yeah, posh bit. Yeah, yeah, a bit posh in Cardiff. It's not, it's right. it was, I was just, you know, it's a bit of a nightmare now if I get a puncture. Do you think it's got anything to do with the fact that it's got um, Jamie Roberts, Harlequins and Wales on the side? <laughs> <laughs> can't believe you had that put on they don't, they don't make you do that anymore right one last question for you Jamie and it's, it's the most important one of the lot um, tell us about your if you can think of one on the spot your favourite book of all time that's a good question I mean, Shanks has given me a lot of um, well not too much advice on the local pitch growing up during my career and um, but off it he's been fantastic you know, he's a role model to me he taught me how to how to live my life properly and mm. um he told me about this book which changed his life um and managed to you know get him on track with women it's called the game <laughs> um, oh yeah yeah so yeah it played such an important part in, in my life then and I, i'm forever grateful for shane so you know hooking me up with that one yeah he said he was um he said he was a consultant on that the writing of that <laughs> Game changers, isn't it? Oh, it's his alias, Neil Strauss. Maybe he is. That's it. Yeah, look it up, people. The game. Um, Tom Shanklin's Bible. He's got a worn copy in the glove box of his car. I've never read it. I'm a real boy. Anyway, mate, thanks so much for that. We're off air now, so... I'm doing that. Yeah. What are you up to next week? Because I am down in London and... Hello? Dave? He's gone, mate. So anyway, that was my BFF, Jamie Roberts. Yeah. Love him, love him. Always does so much for charity. Always, yeah, always. He's a doctor, isn't he? Yeah, they love this gift, don't they? Yeah, um, does a lot for prostate charity, offers free checks. And (laughs) bearing in mind now, his gloves ran out 18 months ago. (laughs) (laughs) But does it for the the love? That's podcast four. Done. It's done. I loved it. Did you, Tommy? Mate, I tell you what I did love. What? That baguette you got. Is it right with it? Tell me what was in it again. It's from a little place called Intermezzo in a town near me. There's Swiss cheese, bacon, chicken, salad, ranch dressing, jalapenos, granary bread. See, oh. yeah. Granary wholemeal bread. Oh, I don't know where I put so it. It's fine. No. Michelle, do you enjoy yours? Yep. Bloody loved it, didn't she? Love that. Might use your gym now. Is it right if I use your gym? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have someone wipe it down for you. Hang on. Yeah. Perfect. Um, but anyway, thanks for listening. Um, don't forget to contact us. Ask us any questions you want. We'll try and bring them up as best we can. On Twitter, at Flats and Shanks. You can go on our website, which is flatsandshanks.com, or just email us, contact at Flats and Shanks. Mm, do that. Or Facebook. Well done, Michelle. Thank you very much. That's why Facebook. she's here. That's why she's here. It's one of the reasons she's here. Um, that'll do. All right. Ta-da. Goodbye. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.